what is going on everybody welcome back to dog talk with your host holden glad to have everybody here today looking forward to getting another show out to you guys as we are fired up after a big win over south carolina this weekend 48 to 7 what a weekend we've had playing south carolina even though obviously this game was not at home still a very good game on the road opening up sec play opening up against south carolina a very good team to play in my opinion at least uh so glad to be able to take care of business there um as far as that goes we've got a lot to get to to you guys um very excited like i said off the top after a good weekend of football anytime you have a weekend of football like this past weekend that we had um you're just really excited about it that's all there is to it you fired up georgia looks good on all aspects which we're going to run through in this game as well as running through some of the other games around the country some Twitter stuff that we completely forgot to talk about off of the last episode that we are going to talk about in this episode. Uh, a little bit of news, not too much, jumping through the keys, obviously, to this game earlier on. So a lot to get to, a lot to run through here, and we're looking forward to it, like I said, off the top. Guys on Twitter at DogTalk20, we're up and running on YouTube. If you guys are watching, make sure you hit that like button as well as subscribe on the video. We really do appreciate it. Like I said off the top, dogs win it 48-7. to Look very good. Uh, some of the guys that we didn't see in here as far as news go, we heard news before we took off and before we came into Columbia. Arik Gilbert would not be traveling. Uh, Kirby said after the game, personal reasons, we're hoping to have him back. I don't know what that means. I don't know if we're dealing with the same stuff from last year. I don't know. I really don't know what that means we're dealing with in this situation here, but I hope whatever it is that he's dealing with, uh, he can overcome and get back with the team, and we'll get back to normal playing with him and hopefully getting him in some games. I, again, I'm not going to try to speculate too much. I don't know if he is not happy with his playtime. I don't know if he's not happy with his position. I don't know. I don't know any of that. So uh, that's kind of a developing story that we'll kind of keep an eye on as the weeks progress. And obviously, A.D. Mitchell did not travel as well. Uh, when you're battling that injury, most of the time on these road games, you can only take so many guys, so it didn't make sense for him to travel if he was not going to see the field. So he stayed behind as well. Um, but then into kind of some stats, kind of a fun thing here as we start to dive into this game, uh, is Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett has lit the world on fire. He did a very good job in this game as well. Um, he is the first player, I read this stat earlier, he is the first player to open the season with, let's say, three straight 250-plus yard and a rushing touchdown since Patrick Mahomes in 2016. That's some pretty good company to be in with there from a quarterback standpoint, and that's where we're going to talk about this. The hype of Heisman that you go through each and every season, does Stetson Bennett deserve that? In my opinion, I think he does. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if that's something that everybody else may or may not agree with, maybe. But I think that he deserves to be in that Heisman conversation. I run through some of the conference leaders right now. This is, a, again, this right now is just SEC, but this is something to look at. As far as completions, attempts, percentage, and yardage, right now Will, Will Rogers has that edge. He has that edge just a little bit. Uh, but Stetson Bennett, when it comes to passing yards per attempt, he's in the lead with that. Adjusted passing yards per attempt, he's in the lead there too. So, Something to look at as far as Stetson goes because I do believe he's yeah right behind him. Passing completion, Stetson's just behind Will Rogers. Looking at passing attempts, Spencer Rattler, but again, attempts, he's only playing two, sometimes three quarters in a game, so I'm not terribly worried about how far Stetson is behind that. Passing yards, again, right behind Will Rogers. You're talking about an air raid offense, the Mike Leach offense of Mississippi State, and Stetson Bennett being a Georgia right behind that, which is, I mean, in my opinion, that's – 
a normal thing. If you've got a team that's they're very pass heavy, and that's what Mississippi State is, to be able to beat a quarterback out in a lot of these percentages, that's a very good thing. And I think the Stetson Bennett high, four Heisman conversation is one to definitely be had uh, this time. I don't see why he couldn't. I don't see why he couldn't. He's come in, done his job. He's been there, obviously, like we said. He's been in college football for like six years. Uh, so it, it could be his year. Now he's got to continue, and, and each each and every single week you have to continue just to pump that out. Pump it out each and every single week. Show that there is a reason that you should be considered for Heisman. Can't make these mistakes. So far, we're going to knock on wood, but so far he has not made the mistakes that he has made in years past, and that is an improvement on him. Watching this game, and I had a conversation with somebody else about this, watching this game is the first time that I've looked at Georgia and I've said, you know, this team right here, and you're going to see it and hear it from everybody else right now, it is the thing to say. Georgia really does look a little better than they did last year, especially offensively. Defensively right now, I think we're kind of in step with where we were last year. We're only three games in. We've still got a few more games to get into before we really start to say, oh, yeah, Georgia really is better. But offensively, I think already Georgia's offense is better than it was last year. We we just seem to be clicking, and, and it's not with one certain guy. We're going to talk about some stats coming up in a minute that to me is very surprising, but at the same time, it shows just how much of a team Georgia is. And by team, I literally mean that a team. It is spread out throughout the entire team. It's not a one-man mission. It's not a one guy doing everything. It's it, That's not it. It is not – there's no me mentality in this. It is full team and family and togetherness. And I'm, I'm very excited and glad to see that. Kirby even said that at the end of the game uh, with a presser that he had was this team is all about themselves and the same thing that it was last year you know they form a brotherhood and you come together and you play football together for one another not for just one person alone for themselves like I say it's a brotherhood and they're playing together and I'm very excited and glad to see that so far let's jump into some of this recapping this big game this weekend again 48 to 7 dogs win it I know the conversation for most everybody right now is going to be man Georgia finally gives up the first touchdown and it was in garbage time. I hate it. I hate it. And I know you guys listening do too. Just because it's crazy that a loss in Georgia's mind is giving up a touchdown. Not not a loss in a game, but it's it's one of those when you're when you're watching it, it's like, man, Georgia gave up a touchdown. Come on. Come on. Especially this. There was fifty-three seconds left in the game. We've got like third and probably even fourth string guys on the field. And a guy just gets beat deep. Not even a very long pass, I think it's 13-yard pass, yeah, so it wasn't even a, a beat-deep situation, I guess, really. He just had a guy behind him and was open in the end zone. And fi- yeah, 53 seconds left. Touchdown for South Carolina against third or fourth-string Georgia defense. Sad. But the good thing, like I tweeted this out, this is something that it's at least going to fire these young guys up because the starters, even the second-string guys, they're going to get on them and say, hey, we don't allow that. We don't allow that to happen. You don't score on Georgia. That is a thing, and that's a standard that's been set. Kirby mentioned that. The, the players are mentioning it. It is a standard that you do not score on Georgia football defense. And so far, so good. So far, we've proved that. I think I saw the stat earlier. It's like 134 and 10 points against. Georgia has outscored its opponents 130 to 10. Before this game, before the 53-second mark left in the game, that was 130 to 3. Regardless, that is choke-holding a team and the whole conversation coming in this see Georgia lost way too much on defense they're not going to be able to okay you can shut your mouth now oh well y'all hadn't played anybody okay well we played Oregon we beat the snot out of them and held them to three points Sanford is what it is they didn't score regardless 
it is what it is. They didn't score. We didn't let them score. South Carolina, they got a touchdown on us. I hate it. It came with 53 seconds left with th third and fourth string guys in, and they scored on us. Don't want them to, but at the same time, let's look back to how you hadn't played anybody. Oregon beat the snot out of them. They turn around and beat the number 12 team in the country this weekend. Are we going to start giving a little bit of credit to the fact that Georgia just beat that team who there turned around and beat somebody else? We're going to talk about that in time to come. But all that does is boost your resume, and that's something we're going to talk about, like I said, in just a minute when we get to some of these other games. Any team that Georgia plays from this point forward, you're going to want, as long as Georgia wins, you're going to want that team to be successful in their other games because all that does is make you look better, makes the team look better on paper and that eye test, as we said. So something to remember there. First half, Georgia did not run the ball slowly. We did not move the ball slowly. We scored. We did not have a slow start on offense. Two touchdowns in the first quarter. Touchdown in the field goal at the half. Puts it 24 to nothing going to the half. Scored three touchdowns in the third quarter. So it wasn't a let's come out after halftime. We've got a good little lead, and let's just take it easy. No, Georgia firing on all cylinder scores. Three touchdowns in the third at that point to put Georgia up 45 to nothing before going into the fourth quarter where a backup kicker. By the way, we get a backup kicker in there. Ozerkle comes in and kicks a field goal in the fourth to make it 48 to nothing. And again, 53 seconds left. Little lob pass to the corner of the end zone. South Carolina scores. 48 to 7. We're going to try not to harp too much on the fact that they got the touchdown, but I know that's a big conversation in it. Let's talk about what it looked like. Georgia doubling up the the first downs in comparison to South Carolina 30 to 17. We ran the ball effectively in this. We're getting to the keys here in just a minute. Did a good job. Outrushed them 208-92. to 92, Had three touchdowns on the ground. They did not score on the ground like we talked about earlier. Through the air, we, we dominated that as well. 339 yards through the air and three touchdowns through the air. They had 214 through the air. And then we're going to talk about that. Total yardage, 547 to 306. We did fumble the ball once but did not lose it. They fumbled it twice and did not lose it either. They did turn it over three times. Stetson Bennett, stat line looks good. 16 for 23, right at that 70% mark. 12.3 per average, 284, two touchdowns through the air. All right, excuse me, I think he had, did he have two or did he have one? I know he had the one to Brock. Seemed like he had another one. Maybe they were both to Brock, actually. Yeah, that was it. So he did have two through the air, but he also had one rushing. So Stetson with three touchdowns on the night, as well as Brock Bowers also had three touchdowns on the ground. Kendall Milton led the charge at 32 yards. Branson Robinson right behind him at 32 yards. Dejon Edwards, 33 yards. Kenny Mack, 20 yards. Stetson ran the ball for 36 yards and a touchdown. Carson Beck ran the ball for 25 yards. Uh, Ladd with 13. So we had a lot of guys get it. I mean, Cash Jones ran the ball for eight yards. Denylon Moore set for eight yards. Brock Bowers, obviously, that ended around for the touchdown for five. And, again, three touchdowns on the ground. But this is what I meant by the team mentality. It's not a one-man show. Of all of these guys who ran the ball, it was split almost evenly between the guys at the top. Stetson, 36, 33, 32, 32, 20, 25. So you had a very even mix between these guys. It wasn't one guy that ran the ball for 120 yards and then another guy who ran it for 100 yards to get up there to, again, that line ends up being on the ground 208 yards and three touchdowns. It was split 208 yards between all of these guys as a team mentality again. And then through the air. Like I said, Stetson rocked it, 284 yards, two through the air. Carson Beck, five for six, 55 yards, and he had a touchdown through the air as well. On the receiving side, Kendall Milton did get a couple of snags in this one for 40 yards. 
Kenny Mack won with 14. Lab McConkey had a good day, 52 yards. And then the big one was obviously Brock Bowers, five touches, 121 yards through the air, two touchdowns. Oscar Delp also had a touchdown in this one with 32 yards. Offense looked very good. The keys to that offense, what I wanted to see in it was let's stick to that identity, which at the time, again, I've always said Georgia is a rushing and a running football team. I'm wondering if things aren't changing, at least for the 2022 season, because we, we stuck to the identity somewhat. We ran the ball pretty effectively. Again, on the ground, 208 yards, three touchdowns. Do good. But through the air, 339 for three touchdowns as well. Georgia has all of a sudden, I'm not going to say we're air raid, but we're fairly balanced right now. For, for a little while there, it seemed like all we were going to do is throw the ball. But I will say this, and I said this off the top of the season, could this be an opportunity for Georgia's offense to be similar not necessarily the same. you got to do a lot, a lot to be able to compare to an LSU. But could it be similar to a 2019 LSU where Georgia's offense takes that step up and starts to score more through the air, not just on the ground? you got to be able to do both. I said that last week. you got to be able to do both. You cannot become one-dimensional when it comes to playing football against anybody, especially in the SEC, because teams will figure out a way to slow that offense down. Um, but I like to see it. Fourth quarter, we've got the we've got the game in hand, and we're still throwing the ball. With Stetson when he was in there in the third quarter, and even with Carson, obviously, third to the fourth quarter, we're still throwing the ball in the fourth quarter, up 45 to nothing. We're still throwing it. And, again, I would much rather see that and get the experience and work on it than I would us just sit back and let's just, let's just kind of run the ball down. We'll punt it if we don't get first downs. We'll run the ball a little bit. We'll punt it if we don't get first downs. That didn't happen. Georgia kept throwing the ball in the fourth quarter, which was good to see. Kept moving the ball effectively. Other side, no quarterback mistakes. And, again, knocking on wood, but Georgia has done a very good job of that. Stetson has done a good job. Carson Beck, when he's got in there and had his opportunities, has looked very good, by the way. Really want this guy to stick around when it comes to next year because so far so good. He looks like the guy. He is lighting it up as well through the air and seems to be very effective there as well as that number two quarterback. And then last but not least, get the tight ends the ball. I wanted to see Darnell, I wanted to see Brock kind of start to come alive more. And Brock did that in this game, obviously. Again, five touches, 121 yards, two touchdowns receiving, and then he did have his one rush for a touchdown as well. So I was glad to see him start to get the ball. Uh, Darnell got a touch in here too. For 15 yards and then obviously Oscar Delp he got two for 32 and he also got a touchdown so we got the tight ends the ball we did what I was hoping we'd do start to get our playmakers and Kirby said this get the playmakers the ball that's what it's all about get the guys who can make the plays get them the ball let them do what they do and that's what we did we did very good job at that glad to see that keys offensively now let's get to defense and these are the ones that I think every single one of these keys and there were three of them and they all in the end ended up coming together Contain Spencer Rattler, rattle Rattler, and get turnovers. All three of the keys to the game. Let's look back at, at, at Rattler's uh, stat line here. 13 for 25. That's a 52% completion race. No touchdowns, two interceptions. So we contained him. We rattled him because we were in his face all night, and we got the turnovers. Did all three of those things just with him. That was before he got put on the bench, and they brought in uh, Luke Doty, who was who was playing for him last year. Kind of a funny thing here, and I'm not. I'm, I saw a tweet about this from Brooks Austin. You guys can go check it out too, and it's very true. Georgia does not have very many sacks on this year, to be honest with you. If any, one or two maybe, 
It doesn't seem like we have very many. But Georgia is affecting the quarterback every single snap. Every single snap that is snapped against this Georgia defense, we are in the face of the quarterback almost every single time. We're not getting the sacks. They're getting the ball out, whether they're throwing it away a lot of the time or they're trying to hit somebody on a pass. Most of the time they make mistakes. We've gotten a lot of interceptions so far this season already. Three in this game alone. Two of them come because we contained Rattler, didn't let him run on us. We rattled him by being in his face all the time, and he threw two interceptions, which is the turnovers, because we contained him, and we rattled him in the entire time. Then Luke Doty comes in, and he does somewhat similar. Five for eight, a little bit better on the passing side, does have the lob touchdown at the end, but he also throws an interception. Same thing, we stayed in his face as well the entire game with second string and third string. One of the funniest things I saw was somebody tweeted out, uh, the new rankings this week coming out here in just a short bit should be Georgia at number one for first string, and number two should be Georgia's second string, and number three we'll put Alabama down there. <laughs> I know. I get it. We'll, we'll, we'll take it easy for a minute. I know. I did tweet this out yesterday, too. You don't have to agree with me. I understand. But I do believe that if Georgia and Alabama played today, Georgia wins this one 33-18. A good funny comeback to that was actually a guy told me, you sure they're going to score that much against us? Hey, I agree. Might take a lot more than that. Georgia looked very good offensively. Looked very good on defense. Very excited to see how they did uh, throughout that game. Anytime we play South Carolina, ever since the days the days of old when uh, Spurrier was there, I've always wanted to take South Carolina down, and I do not mind at all beating the snot out of them. And it seemed like Kirby felt the same way yesterday. There was a little bit of pettiness with Shane Beamer. Going, I, maybe it's because he was going forward on fourth down quite a few times early and he got that fake punt at the start of the game. I don't know. But I'm sure you guys saw what happened on the sideline when we stopped him on the fourth down. I think that's the second time that they tried to go for it. First down, Kirby hollered, and I'm not going to tell you what else he said. You can go watch it for yourself because otherwise I'm going to have to change the, uh, the version of this podcast. But anyways, I digress. Georgia looked very good again, 48-7. to Very glad to see that. We'll get to the picks here in a minute once we've run through some of these other games around the country that were big um, that we'll go through here in just a minute. But hoping we get AD back coming up this season or coming up this next week. It could be a little bit longer. We do have Kent State coming up this week, so there is the opportunity to maybe to let him heal a little more, maybe let him rest some more. Or Kirby could say, no, we need to get him back. Get him back, get him prepared, because after we get through Kent State – Next week, we head to Missouri. Not too worried about that. Auburn, not looking good. Vanderbilt, all of a sudden, this first half of the season turns into a pretty pretty easy one before we get the bye and we start to get into some tougher games with Florida, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Kentucky, and then we're going to wreck Tech at the end of the year. We'll get into that when we get into it. Let's go ahead and jump into some of these games around the country. All right, looking at it here, I want to get it pulled up. Again, very proud of Georgia, very proud of what the SEC has been able to do so far. You're always pulling for the SEC. Um, some of these other big games that we were kind of looking at, some of them I'm going to talk about real quick that weren't supposed to be big games. Missouri State and Arkansas. Arkansas, number 10 team in the country, trailed for most of this game. I think it was the fourth quarter before Arkansas finally took a lead. They ended up pulling away in the end by 11 and went at 38-27. to A little bit of a scare there for Arkansas. Not really sure what was happening at home. Don't know if they kind of just – do what some of these top teams do and just good teams do where they just kind of take a break. Take a break when all of a sudden you get an easier team like a Sanford, like a Missouri State, even a Louisiana Monroe come in. 
you just take a deep breath and you're like, ah, we got this under control. Well, they didn't. They didn't until late into this game and finally pulled away again, 38 to 27. Penn State, Auburn, we talked about that in the picks, which we're going to get to again in a second. Penn State rolled Auburn. First half of this game was fairly decent, uh, but from that point on, Penn State absolutely took off. Auburn does not look good. I don't think Harson has a job here in a couple of weeks. What he's got coming down the pipe right here, LSU at Georgia, at Ole Miss, I mean, that's three losable games. And my picks, looking at it right here, I've got those all picked as losses. I think they got Missouri, so they'll, they'll have a win in there. But the three games after that, Auburn's not looking good. Again, I believe I've put Auburn at bottom of the SEC West this year, and more than likely that's where they're going to be. They do not look very good. Do not look very good at all uh, coming into this one. A couple of other good ones, South Florida, Florida. That one turned into another good one as well. South Florida later into this game actually took the lead over Florida before Florida got it back. Ends up winning it by a field goal. It's the number 18 team in the country. I tweeted that out too. I don't know who in the world thought they were the number 12 team in the country just because they beat Utah. Regardless, they win it by a field goal, 31-28. Kentucky took care of Youngtown State, 31-0. Alabama, a little bit of a scare. Started this game against Louisiana Monroe. Kind of a slower start, but they end up pulling away with it, no problem, 63-7. BYU-Oregon, again, this is what we were talking about earlier. This is a game that you want Oregon to look good because it makes you look better. In the end, Oregon pulls away with this one big, 41-20. Number 25, Oregon who at the time we played them was 11 in the country. BYU is the number 12 team in the country right now. Oregon takes them down 41-20. Ends up beating them by three touchdowns. So a good game there by Oregon. UTSA and Texas, that was another really slow one at the half. I think that game was tied. Uh, and Texas ends up pulling away. Same thing, 41-20. Same score there by three touchdowns. But they did not look all that great for the first half of this game. Again, some of it just slow. Wake Forest struggling with Liberty. Ends up beating them by 137-36. Texas A&M, Florida, another pick on the weekend. This was a pretty good game. I, I fell asleep. I'm going to be honest with you. By halftime, I was like, I'm done with this. I just I can't hang no more. A&M ends up pulling away with it, though, 17-9. Low scoring game. Again, I think A&M's defense is very good. I think their defense can stop a lot of teams from scoring, which is good. The problem is you got to be able to score, too. Not saying that not saying Miami's a bad team and not saying Miami's defense isn't that great either. But you just they they're not scoring. Their offense is not something that's potent to me. It's not something you have to worry about. It's worrying about can you score on their defense. That's the biggest thing. So they do end up winning at seventeen to nine is what it ends up. Michigan State gets upset by Washington in Wazoo, thirty nine to twenty eight. Washington had a hold of this game the entire time. The entire time. I don't think they really ever got scared of Michigan State. They started to kind of pull back in this one in the third and early fourth. But Washington pulled away with this one pretty much for the entire game. Pitt takes down Western Michigan 34-13. to Southern fighting with UAB 35-21 to is what that one ends up, though. And then the, the, the college game day going to App State. Troy gave them a scare there and had the lead at the end before a Hail Mary with no time left. App State ends up winning it, though. 32-28, to 28, and that's what it took, the Hail Mary at the end of the game. And when I say the end, there was no time on the clock. A little def deflection, and it comes back in for the touchdown. And then the other one was Mississippi State LSU. I felt good about Mississippi State coming in this one. Didn't work out. Didn't work out the way that I thought. In the end, LSU actually ends up pulling away with it pretty heavily. So let's go ahead and jump into the picks that we had uh, for the week. And this is what it looks like. Looking pretty good on the year, but I took Georgia over South Carolina as well as the line, which at the time that I took, took it, it was 24 and a half. So that's 2-0. and 0. 
Penn State at Auburn. Penn State, like I said, rolling over Auburn. I took Penn State minus the three. Look at there, starting 4-0 and before everything fell apart this week. Thought my, I, I didn't pick a winner between Miami and Texas A&M because I'll be honest with you, I just didn't really know. But I thought Miami could at least keep it within six. If they win, hey, you take the plus six, it's a win. If they just keep it within six, they win. But it unfortunately didn't happen. Didn't happen, so four and one. And then I felt good about Mississippi State. LSU hadn't looked all that great to me, but you know it's hard to pick them. It's hard to pick against LSU at home because I will give credit to that. LSU has one of the greatest home field advantages and home field atmospheres, especially when it comes down to a night game, and that's what this was. Unfortunately, Mississippi State could not hang around with it, and that's two losses there. So I end up four and three on the week, but overall, fifteen and seven. Finally, got all the numbers pulled up for us to kind of keep all that together. So in the end. Of Ended up being a pretty decent weekend. I thought it was okay, at least 15 and 7 on the night, or on the year so far, and we'll keep up that as we go 4 and 3 on the week. Not the greatest. The first week was 6 and 2. I went back and looked at this 6 and 2 on that first week, 5 and 2 on week 2, and 4 and 3. So we're kind of going downhill. We kind of got to bring that back up, and that's what we're going to do uh, this upcoming weekend. I want to check on a couple of other ones. I did want to, again, I'm going to get this pulled up for us really quick. I wanted to go through the Twitter polls from this past week because I didn't when I should have done it for the preview of this South Carolina game. I don't know why. I just completely blanked on it, forgot all about putting the poll up, forgot all about talking about any of it. One of them was just a fun one, but when it comes to game day, uh, again, I have to kind of scroll way back just because I start to forget about exactly what it was. We predict the score 41-6, to ends up 48-7. to I think that's a pretty close pick. Um, we get an extra touchdown, and they end up actually getting a touchdown, so I'm off basically seven points on that. Um, well, I guess technically eight, but anyway, that's not too bad. That's kind of how I do it as far as looking at the point differential. If it's that close, that's an eight-point difference in the game. So ended up picking it pretty close. But then let's talk about uh, the picks on the weekend or the polls through the Twitter poll. Did South Carolina get a touchdown? It split. It was split 50-50 on the votes. The answer was yes or absolutely not. You guys split 50-50. And, hey, with, that, with 53 seconds left, you know, half of y'all would have got it right, but with those 53 seconds, half of you got it wrong. So it's kind of, again, flip of the coin. That's literally what it was. And then the who has more passing yards on Saturday, Stetson Bennett, Spencer Rattler, or Stetson Bennett by a mile. We got 59% with Stetson Bennett by a mile and 41% with Stetson Bennett. Not a single vote going Spencer Rattler's way. I mean, it's Georgia Twitter. What do you expect? Who's going to vote for Spencer Rattler in that? Um, but then the last one, which, like I said, was just a fun one. What are your – I only put two on here. I guess I could have put more. But what are your dipping your wings in on game day? Ranch or blue cheese? 82% of you guys go with ranch. I agree 100%. 100% on that. Um, well, I did want to see. I think I got a little bit of a little bit of feedback on some of these things that I did want to uh, – I did want to at least reach out to some of you guys because y'all that actually – right back on this i really do appreciate you guys coming in well it's kind of harder to kind of get some of this stuff pulled up but shout out to you guys on twitter again follow us there at dog talk 20 same thing on instagram it's the same thing you can see it up there in the corner that corner over there there if you guys are watching on youtube um again i appreciate you guys watching i appreciate you guys listening if you're listening on podcast make sure you uh give us that five star review I would greatly appreciate that if you guys are watching on YouTube. As I said off the top, make sure you guys click that like button as well as clicking subscribe down in the bottom so that way anytime we get a video up and going, you guys can get that first. If you guys want to support the show, click the link in the description there. You guys can support the show as well. And then there is always a link there if you want to go to the podcast, to YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Click that. 
and you can go to it. Other than that, though, guys, we're going to wrap it up, and we'll prepare for Kent State later on this week, and I'll check in with you guys then. Go dogs. Go dogs.